first he was radioactivity symbols of respirator workers Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Angelina Williams. I'm delighted to have Sierra, Annabelle, and Samuel. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. To get a little review of the case, in 1939 to 1940, Jackson Pollock gave his analysts a series of 43 drawings as a means of expressing himself. The analyst Dr. J. Henderson sold the drawings in 1959 to a San Francisco art gallery, but Pollock's widow, Lee Kranzer, objected to having them publicly exhibited. She said, anything that goes on between the analyst and the patient is private, about as private as having a confessional. So starting off, Jackson's art has been widely affected by his life during this time period. Since he was born during like a time of war and such, there was a lot going on in America, such as recovering from the Great Depression and the Civil War and other stuff. Could one of you guys tell me like what was happening during this time period? Yeah, um, so during the 1939 uh, and 1940s, we see the start of the uh, Second World War with Germany invading Poland. Um, and then we see France and, Germ and England declare war on Germany. And then we see the beginning of the Manhattan Project that was uh, led by Albert Einstein. So, and then the world split into two in a way with the two allied powers. And then later on in 1959, after the war, we see Fidel Castro start taking power in Cuba, which kind of shifted another type of war. And then we see Alaska and Hawaii become official states in the US. Yeah, there was like a lot going on and we don't really know how Jackson was affected by this, but you could definitely tell since he was born in America and there was like a lot going on in his, like with his situation, especially with his addictions. Um, he probably would have expressed this in his artwork. Um, also during this time period, um, many people will, would have like wanted to seek therapy or some psychiatrist to want to like resolve their problems so how does this like therapy and psychology do, um, like change from back then to now um well therapy is more recognized now i will say because back like in the 1940s early 1900s um society didn't really believe and um, those who suffer from a mental illness. They actually considered them dangerous and unpredictable. They often called these people like lunatics or um, they were just really fearful, like fearful for, of them. So I, I will say that it's definitely a big um, society switch as to today, like where today you do suffer from more um, drastic situations, I believe. Back then, too, they did um, suffer from drastic situations also because, like Samuel said, there was a lot of wars. There was a lot of issues going on back then where I know that like, people from um, who were in the army, you know, they suffered from PTSD. They suffered from a lot of stuff. And just even, even people who were back home, you know, even if you're not physically, they weren't physically fighting, they still had to um, go through that. They had to 
watch family members um fight they had to live through that kind of drastic situation um and back then um society wasn't as acceptable as it is now so it it really is a big society switch um but they did have like i guess you can say psychologists back then but they were doing um what's it called they were they were doing different approaches like they were taking into like treatments um that were that were basically useless it wasn't on a uh it wasn't a treatment where it was supposed to help that specific person um build mentally it was more so on um it was more so on trying to see what their problem is and why are they quote unquote crazy when in fact people with mental illnesses aren't necessarily crazy it's just there's just something in their mind that clicks it could be depression there's some people who have schizophrenia like there's different types of mental illnesses but they just consider all of them crazy so they actually um used to incarcerate them into asylums and they try to figure out what is their problem why are they so different why are they not normal and whatnot so therapy was definitely different from what it is today yeah and I also feel like gender wise if it were to be a male asking for therapy they would not see that as quote-unquote manly and say like it's time for you to thug it out you can get through it without therapy doesn't matter what you're going through you have to do you have to deal with it I agree yeah they usually say like uh, men are not supposed to feel I guess it's more on the women's perspective like they're supposed to be the emotional the sensitive one um but even as so even as a female I feel like we're like even though we're considered too we're considered to be emotional there's still certain situations where we're not able to be emotional because even though the man is supposed to be head of household the man is supposed to be the strong put together same to go for the women they might not be seen as oh um the breadwinner the provider and so on but at the end of the day in the background it's still like a lot of emotion you got kids you got to take care of family you got to make sure you are being your husband's support system so I feel like it, they they see it as where it's like okay we're just being over dramatic especially back then they probably thought females were just over dramatic over the situation but um it's it's really gender really does play a role also that was a very well thought out response and especially since treatment and experimental has like how it has evolved especially with the technology. I feel like they didn't um, have the proper therapy that we do today. And that could have changed the way people, um, whether they wanted to attend therapy or not. But now that we've kind of passed on with the historical inputs, um, getting into the real case, Jackson Pollock, he was an artist who seeked, um, sorry, who seeked many um, based on my research, he seeks many um, psychologists, psychiatrists, and wanted to be, be a better person. So he had found Dr. Henderson and attended 
kids, but like um, attended his um, clinic in order to get better treatment to his addictions. Can one of you guys tell me who, um, a little bit more about Jackson Pollock if you know more about him? So Jackson Pollock was an influential American painter and a major figure in the abstract expressionist movement. During his lifetime, he enjoyed considerable fame and notoriety. He was regarded as a mostly reclusive artist. He had a volatile personality and struggled with alcoholism, which was one of his addictions for most of his life. And in 1945, he married some artist named Lee Krasner, who became an important influence on his career and on his legacy. Then he died at the age of 44 in an alcohol-related accident. In December 1956, he was given a memorial retrospective exhibition at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City and a larger, more comprehensive exhibition in 1967. Most recently, in 1998 and 1999, his work was honored with large-scale retrospective exhibitions at the Museum of Modern Art and at the Tate in London. And he was from Wyoming. He was actually the youngest of five sons. His parents, Stella May McClure and Leroy Pollock, grew up in Tingley, Iowa. His father had been born in McCoy, but took the surname of his neighbors who adopted him after his own parents had died within a year of each other. Stella and Leroy Pollock were Presbyterians, the former Irish, the latter Scotch-Irish. Leroy Pollock was a farmer and later a land survivor for the government. Jackson grew up in Arizona and Chicago and California. I've also heard that uh, he died in a car crash while he was being drunk. And um, when um, when that was revealed, um, that's when the whole situation kind of started with the debate whether um, whether his paintings should have been sold or not by his psychologist. And um, that's kind of where his uh, wife was um, re objected that his work should have been sold because she believed that his personal confrontation with his psychologist should be kept private. Um, I've also heard that his wife was also an artist. She, so she also knows a lot about how arts should be, um, how it should be told by other people and how other people should take it and whether or not if other people would want the, um, their art to be exposed or not and if um, it should be like valued by other people. Um, do any of you have any more life and background knowledge about Lee Kranzer, which was um, Jackson, Jackson Pollock's wife? So she was an ambitious and important artist in New York City during abstract expressionism heyday. Lee Kreshner's own career often was compromised by her role as supportive wife to Jackson Pollock, arguably the most significant post-war American painter, as well as the, be 
as well as by the male-dominated art world. Krasner was a key transitional figure within abstraction who connected early 20th century art with the new ideas of post-war America. Inspired by artist Piet Mondrian's grid, Krasner helped devise the all-over technique, which in turn influenced Pollock's revolutionary drip paintings. As well, when Pollock was dealing with um, his addiction, it was after that he married his wife that he came into his golden period. So in a way, I think as how I just read it said, she was in a male-dominated art world. She kind of influenced her husband's artwork. So she was in both worlds, if you could say. If you overthink about it, you could say that she was in both worlds in a sense. Yeah, and I think since her and Jackson had a lot in common, especially if they were both artists, I think they would have known but one of uh, what each other wanted to do with their art and like what they wanted to do with their life. And I also skipped a question. That was my behalf, I'm sorry. But um, I guess this will kind of lead on with the next question. So what does an analysis do, which is basically um, what Dr. Henderson was? Um, an analysis is actually a, a person who gathers and interprets and um, uses like like complex data in, in order to develop like conclusions based on like their findings. Um, so they they basically like assess the needs of a person, a thing, a group, or whatever, and they actually review the information they found, they analyze it, and they just put it together to make improvements in whatever work that they're focused on. Yeah, and also, who, since Dr. Henderson was an analysis, um, do you know anything about Dr. Henderson and who he was? Well, actually, uh, about Dr. Henderson, I just wanted to say he was a Jungian, uh, Jungian, right? I think that's how the, they pronounce it, uh, analyst, which is a different type of practice than normal. Um, Jungian people tend to, it's a method of experiencing and integrate unconscious material into awareness, right? That's the actual meaning of it. And yeah, that's why he actually bought a Pollock's art. It was mostly because Pollock's uh, therapist was actually a Jungian uh, too. And that's what made um, Henderson actually get the intrigue to buying the art. It wasn't towards years later in 1959 when he actually sold it. And then it was donated to a museum. And Henderson, about him, his family was actually uh, pretty wealthy, uh, pretty quite known. And they were all pretty rich businessmen. That's why uh, the city of Henderson in Nevada was named after them. And then he, he also uh, has a couple of figures, I'm pretty sure, of art. And then they pay homage to uh, American Indians since he was taken care by one when he was younger. And he ended up actually uh, practicing in San Francisco, where he ended up founding a whole uh, Jung Institute. And he ended up living till he was 104, practicing all the way till he was 102. And he was the last uh, of the first Jungian uh, students, as they were called.
Yeah, um, he was pretty well known, especially since how we were talking about earlier, how being a psychologist in therapy wasn't really viewed or respected as much in history. And since he was one of them, it was one of the few analysis in American times, he probably had a huge role in his life. Um, he was also a student and he collaborated with Carl Jung, who founded the anatomical, uh, yeah, anatomical psychology. So that means he was basically almost like a co-founder. Um, now getting more into the case, um, since, do you guys think it was appropriate for Jackson's Pollock's art to be exhibited by Dr. Henderson, or do you think they should have respected his widow, um, which was Lee Cranzer's um, decision for making his art private? Actually, uh, about that, um, if I'm not uh, incorrect uh, from what I've actually found is that everything uh, that came down to uh, portraying the art and displaying it was against uh, Dr. Henderson. He actually donated it and then everything after was done by the museum themselves and they didn't notify him about any of their actions. So he was completely unaware. It wasn't really up to him. It was mostly uh, to the uh, Whitney Museum who decided to do it. That changes my whole perspective because I always thought it was that Dr. Henderson was the one that sold it. But um, now that I know of that, most of the research that I've conducted states that it was Dr. Henderson. So I think it was a little bit biased of the people to like blame it all on him and they should have like thought about it more. But do any of like the rest of you guys, how do you feel about um, his work being um, public? Um, personally, I feel that um, because since it was like against his wishes and you know, his wife probably didn't want that either. Maybe she wanted to just keep the rest of the art that was not put out there. You know, she probably wanted to keep the rest to herself to make it like, as if like, this is still a piece of him, but it's just for her. So I think it was a violation of like, personal like more of a personal thing and the fact that um that now we do know that it wasn't Dr. Henderson who were who was selling and leaking the pictures it was actually the museum it does change perspective it kind of makes you wonder like who gave them consent what made them think that it was the correct thing to do what made them feel like it was the proper thing to do and the fact that they blamed it on Dr. Henderson I feel like it's kind of, I feel like they knew what they were doing was wrong, but, and they just needed somebody to fall on. And Dr. Henderson was the perfect person to catch that blame. And the fact that he really didn't um, like fight them against it kind of just made it look worse on him. But I think he just didn't want any problems. He just wanted it to like, just be put to rest. Now that his work is already published and like he's been like um, many people know about his work, do you think his work should um, be respected and um, not public anymore? Or do you think since it's already out, it doesn't really matter? 
Um, I feel like it does, it matters, but it doesn't. The fact that it was already violated, it doesn't really matter. Um, I feel like if they do decide to like remove it, I believe that they should remove it or they should just give him his own, like, you know how some museums or art galleries, they have their own certain spaces for certain um, artists. Um, I feel like he should either have that where it's something private or just give it back to his wife. But honestly, because it's already been exposed, everybody's seen it, everybody's been fan, it really wouldn't make a difference regardless. Yeah, and I feel like now since, like what you just said, since it's already out, there's really no point of it, like being it hidden anymore. But even if they were to hide it, like um, make it private, do you think like, I still think that they should as a respect for Jackson and his widow. And um, I still think that it's it wasn't the wrong for the, people to expo like express his art to everyone else since if it was their art and their expressions it put into the art they wouldn't want everyone to know about how they were feeling yeah but then again like what is nice to think about and what is good about it is the impact that the art actually had in the well the whole like modern art right which was just how it completely redefined everything and how artists take in space and just showed us new ways of drawing that we have now, new styles. I feel like it, uh, I agree with you on that. It really did give a learning opportunity to everyone else. And I feel like um, now other anal analysts could like learn about his mistakes and um, to not like show someone's private confessions like that to the public world. But even um, if it's something that should really be acknowledged since he was um, really addicted to alcohol at this time. And I feel like it was a little bit dangerous to the point where he even died from drive, uh, drunk driving. Maybe it was uh, to like have the people know about the negative effects of alcohol on them. And also, do you think um, that um, the drawings were part of if Jackson was still alive to have a say about his art being published or not? Do you think he would have them published or do you think he would rather have them private? I think he would publish them. I just think the timing for them wasn't really the best, but... If you look into the meaning behind them and, well, everything that they portray, it's saying there some of them have some cubist ideologies. So maybe when Fidel Castro took over, I mean, he would have, you know, wanted to publish them even more. So I don't know. Uh, I just think 
it might have also been quite selfish for the widow to decide to keep those behind doors. Yeah, and I also think that majority of what made it such a big deal was his wife saying that it was um that it should have been kept private and that maybe if Jackson had a say, he would have just kind of let it go and then, you know, let his art be seen to the people. But anyways, that was um oh I'm sorry, did, did you wanna say something? Or not? No, you're good. Or I don't know. Um oh do you have something to say? Annabelle? Or okay, if not, no. But Thank you for joining us so much today, um, Sierra, Annabelle, and Samuel. I appreciate it. And this concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and please join us soon. And remember to stay curious.